0: You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferriesburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected.
1: Awesome. Well, we have covered a lot of ground over this last six weeks. Uh, This is the sixth week that we've been in the series uh, with the Holy Spirit. But in the middle of that, we stopped or paused for missions for a couple weeks. And then last week was our 20-year celebration, so we paused last week as well. But today is the sixth message in this series on the Holy Spirit. And we have covered a lot of ground, but we've also just scratched the surface. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, uh, the topic is Huge. It's a lifetime of learning. And so I hope that these last several weeks have been encouraging to you. We've talked about who the Holy Spirit is. What does the Holy Spirit do? Uh, how do you live by, or walk in the spirit, right? Walk or live in the spirit, and then we talked about the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the initial physical evidence of speaking in tongues, and we we said that the, the receiving the the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the first step in development after becoming a Christian. It will help you in your growth and in your uh, your wanting more and in power that comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we've heard some testimonies over the last several weeks of how God. Is moving and, and uh, how God is working. And uh, it's, it, I don't want to embarrass anybody, uh, but there's a, a young lady that attends our church. I won't say who it is uh, because she might be embarrassed, and I didn't get permission to share the story, but if I don't use her name, right, it'll be okay? Mom and Dad. I'm just going for it. Oh, yeah, you guys are not on it. Uh, but anyway, but we've got a girl that works at Starbucks, and I went through the Starbucks uh, line this week, and I was asking, I was like, hey, is so-and-so working? And they're like, no. And I was like, oh, okay, bummer. Just wanted to say hi. And, and then the uh, Starbucks employee said, well, how do you know so-and-so? And I said, well, they she goes to what, my church. And uh, and she's like, she is always talking about your church. And I was like, Praise the Lord, right? And that's the Holy Spirit working in and through her. And uh, she'd been filled with the Holy Spirit recently, and it was really, really awesome. And I was just grateful for that little testimony. And it's interesting. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago that Francis Chan, he says, I don't want my life to be explainable without the Holy Spirit. And that idea has gripped me in this season. That we do not want to move through this life just, you know, laissez-faire or like, oh, just whatever happens. No, we want to be intentional. We want the Holy Spirit active and working in our lives and so uh, last week we talked about or two weeks ago I guess it is we talked about spiritual gifts and we had a huge list of spiritual gifts and really that was an introductory that we will dive deeper on each of those spiritual gifts throughout uh, our prayer nights uh, for the night for the foreseeable future but today we're going to close our series and then next week we've got Christmas with the awe and wonder series and uh And we're excited about that and be praying and be inviting your friends and guests. It's going to be an incredible season and we've been praying for souls as well. And uh, and so this is going to be the time to really uh, reap a harvest as a church and we're excited about that. But today we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. And as we get going here, I do want to say that there are no slides available um, and uh, we, it was a short week for our staff, and one of our staff members, uh, they were on bereavement this week, and uh, their family. Was uh, celebrating the life of uh, her her dad, and uh, and she did reach out and say, "Hey, I could I could make it happen." And uh, I said, "You know what? Just rest. Don't worry. We can get get by without a service, without notes. But what that means is that you're going to have to take special notes and uh, and be listening. And I'll try to say things a couple times when it comes to some of the verses, so you can go back to those instead of just seeing those on on the screen. But today we're going to talk about the Fruit of the Spirit. And I've been excited for over a month to share. I knew that we'd finished our series with the Fruit of the Spirit. And it, there's, uh, there's some differences between spiritual gifts and the fruit of the Spirit. And Pastor Bobby, he sent me a text this week and said, hey, uh, the difference in gifts, that the, one of the differences is that gifts are given and fruit are grown. And there's a difference. The 20-plus spiritual gifts that we talk, there's plurality there. There are a lot of gifts, but there's only one fruit of the Spirit. It's singular. And when Jesus said it would be better without Him, uh, if it, for Him, when He told His disciples, He said, it's better if I go away so I can send the Holy Spirit that included the fruit of the spirit. And when the word of God says that we are to bear much fruit, how many have heard that verse before? That idea that our lives should matter, that we should make a difference. It relates to our our uh, vision statement to be to make an impact in our community and in our world, right? And uh, that part of that, it's linked to the fruit of the spirit. And the great thing, when you look at someone like the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, he was a man that bore a lot of fruit. You look at his ministry, and you say there's probably no one else in Scripture that was as fruitful as the Apostle Paul. But when you look at the fruit of his life, it was often in conjunction with difficulties. There was adversity around Paul's life. And what's Interesting is that the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, singular, they often will operate in adversity. And so if you're in a tough spot, if you're in a spot where you're saying, man, I need some help, the good news is that these gifts and the fruit of the Spirit work together. The gifts and the fruits, they flourish together one commentator, and uh, Pastor Bobby, we never talked about this. I have no idea what you think about this. Uh, usually I would, uh, you know, ask him before I share because he's our resident theologian. But uh, one one theologian described the nine gifts of the Spirit that were in First Corinthians chapter 12. And then the fruit of the Spirit, which we're about to read, the characteristics, the nine and nine. and uh, The Holy Spirit was uh, described as a dove. How many have heard of uh, the Spirit? spirit described as a dove and they said that it's like nine feathers on one side nine feathers on the other side they work together so that dove can fly what do you think pastor Valley's saying i don't know I don't know, it kind of caught my attention, but I didn't talk to you about it, but it is in my notes. So, But anyway, but let's look at it. Let's turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to start at verse 16. And you might want to note verse 16 and verse 25, they're kind of the bookends uh, to this uh, this passage, and it's really, really Awesome. And so, without further ado, and again, we don't have this on the screen. So to follow along, you're going to want to pull up it on your phone, pull it up on your phone, or look at your Bible, uh, the one that's made out of trees. You can do that as well. And uh, here we go. It says in verse 16, Galatians 5:16 says, "But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That is an incredible verse. If that's not underlined or highlighted in your Bible, it should be by the end of today. And you go home, if you don't have your Bible with you, make sure you highlight Galatians 5 16. And what we're going to see here is a contrast between the fruit of the Spirit and the sin nature. Okay, so you're going to see this kind of over and over. And it says, verse 17, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing things you don't or you want to do from keeping you from doing things you want to do. So you can imagine the spiritual gifts and the sin of the flesh are at war against each other. This doesn't take a rocket science scientist to understand this. We all experience this. Our sin nature uh, wars against our spirit nature. And, uh, and we see that. And uh, oftentimes, the fruit of the Spirit is linked to personal holiness and sanctification. And uh, we see that kind of picked up in verse 18. It says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So there's this Old Testament, New Testament reference here, uh, the law versus grace, verse, verse 19. But now the works of the flesh are evident. Alright, so there's these work of the flesh, okay? And there's going to be a whole list here. They are plural. Uh, There's a lot of these. This is not an exhaustive list, but this will get us thinking. And if if these don't hit you, uh, others would. But it says sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, uh, uh, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So again, that's on the flesh side, right? There's there's several listed, and there's uh, several others that we could highlight. But these things, they will uh, plague us uh, on this side of eternity. Uh, There's a propensity inside of all of us to drift towards our sin nature. If you relate, say amen. It's just the truth, right? But verse 22 is opposing that. Says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So the Spirit side, the fruit, against the flesh. Again, these are nine characteristics of fruit. Uh, It's kind of a perfect picture of Jesus. It's a package deal we're going to see. Kind of like a bouquet of flowers with nine flowers. It's not like, oh, I'll take one and I'll leave the other. No, you you get them all. And with the fruit, the longer and the closer you get to Jesus, what we're going to see today, the more fruit there will be in existence. Can I get an amen to that? And then in verse 24, it says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And in verse 25, remember the book ends here, verse 16, verse 25, says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit of God. And church, the key in this passage is to live, to walk, in the Spirit. And to walk in the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, means more than just performing miraculous signs and wonders. It means having victory over the desires and impulses of the flesh. And that's good news. It means crucifying those desires. It means cultivating the fruit of the Spirit on the other side. I like what one uh, commentator, Stanley Horton, said. He said, the fruit of the Spirit is the best antidote to the lust of the flesh. And uh, I just think that that's a great way to think about it. And we're called, church, as God's people, if you've given your heart to Jesus, this is your mission, is to bear much fruit, to bear fruit for the glory of God. And when it talks about bearing fruit in Scripture, it talks about 30 times, 60 times, 100 times, uh, spiritually speaking. And the only way that can happen is if we... Please Jesus with our lives, and regardless of what good we do, if we don't have Jesus at the center, we'll see today, you cannot please God. Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 through 37, so Matthew 12, 33 through 37, if you're taking notes, it's very clear that we would be known for our fruit as believers. But you say, well, how does that work? How are we known? Well, how do we cultivate this fruit? Well, the clue is not something that we do. It's actually in a person, the person of Jesus. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, verse 11. In the New Living Translation, it says this. It says, you may always be filled, or may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. Everyone say, fruit of, salvation. fruit of your salvation. The righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to the Father. This is, this is incredible. The idea is that the fruit of the Spirit is linked to salvation. It's Jesus it's just like a seed. Inside of this apple, there are apple seeds, no doubt. We're not going to cut it open to see, but uh, inside of here, you, if you've ever seen an apple, you've ever eaten it down to the core, you can get down to the, to the seeds. And inside of each of the seeds inside of this apple, there is life in the DNA inside of that to create, not only to reproduce one apple, to, but to create an entire tree and I want you just to imagine with me for a second when we think about the fruit of the spirit I want you to think about it like a seed we've said that the Holy Spirit through the Holy Spirit series that the Holy Spirit is God right he's Father, Son, Holy Spirit Holy Spirit is God well so it says it's the fruit of the spirit so you could say it's the fruit of God These nine characteristics that we're going to look at in a little bit uh, here in just a second. So then you say, okay, well, the seed, the fruit, right? uh, The fruit is God or the seed is God. And if we put a seed, right, the DNA of the fruit of the spirit, which is Jesus, if we plant that inside of our hearts, you tracking with me? You put it inside of you, right? What happens is that that seed can be cultivated and can flourish and grow. See, the seed is planted in the dirt. And I've got some interesting news that you and I were the dirt, right? The Bible says that's us, right? We're created from dirt. At some point, we will return to dirt. And as... For the seed, the seed will that of the fruit, if it's planted inside of us, that's Jesus, it will begin to grow. And what happens inside of a pot or out in the yard when a seed takes root and begins to flourish, it will overshadow the dirt. And I love that picture. That if the fruit of the Spirit... Is planted inside of us, it will begin to be grown. And when people look at your life, they don't see the dirt. I, you know, we. I was talking about it a couple weeks ago. You know, going to an apple orchard, and I know that season is kind of come and gone now. But when you go to the apple orchard and you pick an apple, uh, I, for me, I don't know unless you're like really into dirt. Um, I've never, not once, commented on the dirt that we're standing on when we're pulling the right? No, because you look at the fruit, right? And the fruit is what's important, right? What do people notice about our lives when the seed is planted inside of us and begins to grow? It's the fruit. And with time and other outside influences like water and the sun, right? The seed will bear much fruit inside of us. And it's not something that is ripened overnight. It's not like all of a sudden it's there. No, it comes with time, and the fruit of the Spirit is something that is developmental inside of us. And again, it can be cultivated, it can be grown, and that is what we are called to do, is to work in conjunction With the seed, the fruit of the spirit inside of us. So, what is the spirit of uh, the? What is the source? Right. The source is the spirit, and what does that fruit look like? Well, let's just kind of take each one and take a a second on these, just to kind of whet our appetite uh, this morning, so to speak. The first one that is described is of the fruit of the spirit. The first characteristic is love, and it, it starts with love. And really, it's all summed up in love. If you have love, you have everything, right? First John chapter four, verses seven and eight says that love comes from God, and then at the end of verse eight, it says, "Love, or God is love." God is love. And, and then if you look at the love chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which by the way is smack dab in the middle between uh, verse, chapter 12 and chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, and uh, which are both talking about spiritual gifts, right in the middle is the love. It's like getting, uh, you know, a... Uh, a Reese's peanut butter cup, you know, and it's that right in the middle is that good peanut butter. And uh, I love that. That's what the love is like. And it says at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that the greatest of these is love. When everything else fails, love is the key. And when you get the fruit of the Spirit planted inside of you, the first characteristic that people should see is love. The second one is joy. Joy. Philippians 4 verse 4 says rejoice in the Lord always and again I will say rejoice. The only way you can rejoice on all occasions like Philippians 4 verse 4 says is if you have Jesus inside of you. C.S. Lewis says that joy is the serious business of heaven. It's not a matter of your disposition or of your position rather than your disposition. It's not a matter of your health. It's a matter of whether you're sick or you're healthy. No. It's not a matter if you've got money in the bank or you have zero in the bank. It's not a superficial or a circumstantial type of joy that the Lord gives us. When you get. The seed, the fruit of the Spirit planted inside of you, there will be joy. It starts with salvation. It starts with Jesus. And the joy in the Holy Spirit can be seen not only when we are on, our, on cloud nine and when we're doing great after a great week like Thanksgiving, but it can be seen in trials and in stress when we are suffering and the joy it is unmistakable it's it's hard to even imagine but real joy can be seen when you have the fruit planted inside of you and it begins to grow the next one is peace philippians chapter 4 a couple of verses later verse 7 says that the peace of god that's the peace of the holy spirit the fruit of the spirit it transcends all understanding and it says and it will guard your heart and your mind in who in Christ Jesus i like the idea that there's that peace it's depending on god to resolve your stress and someone needed to hear that this morning i highlighted i, I underlined it in my notes uh, depending on god to resolve your stress. That's when true peace is seen. And when you receive Christ, when Jesus is planted inside of you, part of it is the peace that surpasses all understanding. The next one is patience. Ephesians 4.2 says to be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. And again, when you Start thinking about patience, and uh, you I've, have you ever heard that you should never pray that you uh, would become more patient, because then there's going to be some trials, right? Uh, the idea, some of your, our versions in the Bible will talk about long-suffering, uh, is patience with people who deliberately try to upset us or to harm us, and uh, we all have those people in our lives, right? And patience cannot be developed without adversity, and so don't pray for patience, but you are to be be patient. And another commentator talked about uh, patience being long to get angry, right? Long anger, not quick-fused. And uh, as God's people, we should be patient, not only with ourselves, but with others. It's part of the fruit of the Spirit. The next one is kindness. Romans chapter two, verse four, says that it's God's kindness that leads to repentance. Aren't you glad God isn't up in heaven with a big hammer looking to play whack-a-mole on us, you know, when we mess up? Boom! You know, he puts us down. No, his kindness... Leads us to repentance. The reason you would ever give your heart to Jesus is because God is so kind. He's so gracious. He's so loving. He's all these things, but His kindness. Romans 2, verse 4. And the idea there is that you would treat others as if they were your own kin, right? Your own relative. And there's a generosity with kindness, putting people in their best light. And when you treat someone with kindness... You're reflecting the nature of the fruit of the Spirit. The next one is goodness. The idea of development, right? Of good character, right? Being upright, dependable. And again, generosity and being good to others. That's goodness. And part of the fruit of the Spirit is goodness. There's no deterioration here. There's no decay. There's no rottenness, right? It's only good. And we are called to be good. The next one is faithfulness. We got just a couple more. Second Timothy chapter two verse thirteen. 2 Timothy two thirteen describes Jesus as being faithful. How many know Jesus is faithful? He's he, it's all the time. Yes, and even when we are unfaithful, it says in 2 Timothy chapter two verse thirteen that He cannot deny who He is. He doesn't change. He is always faithful. And the idea of being faithful is to be relied upon. And as God's people, that's the type of people we are becoming. And it's interesting that faith and faithfulness, it's the gifts of the Spirit, uh, which we talked about last time. And then now the fruit of the Spirit, is one of those is faithfulness. Um, It's the only one they flow out of each other. And it's an important piece of who we are. The next one is gentleness. Uh, The idea of meekness, true humility, Uh, not being passive or weak, but uh, to be gentle with others. And uh, I love that. Faithfulness, gentleness. And then the last one, uh, maybe the most difficult for some of us, self-control. And that one is related to power. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says that God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind, or of self-discipline, or self-control. And certainly, when you have the fruit of the Spirit planted inside of you, there is a measure of self-control that grows and is developed over time. Now, there's a lot. There's nine characteristics here. But the key is that it's the Lord who does the work inside of each of us. It's God at work with cooperation, of course. We're the the dirt. He's the seed. He plants His seed inside of us. And what that means is that if that's the truth, there's no room in a spirit-filled life for impoliteness or nastiness or self-pity or self promotion the fruit of the spirit is designed to get all of these things out it's designed to war against the flesh right remember the flesh in the whole list there the fruit of the spirit they're constantly at war our flesh is incapable of doing anything to please god which is so true uh, and so we need the gift the the fruit of the spirit to be at work inside of us And again, it's all found and rooted in Jesus. I want you to write down, if you're taking notes, John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. We won't read the, the account, but it's the account where Jesus is talking about uh, uh, abiding in him. It's the, I am the vine, you're the branches passage. Maybe you're familiar with it. If not, you should read it later. John 15, 1 through 17. And in this passage, it teaches us to abide in the vine. To abide in Jesus. To stay connected to Jesus. And the reason for that is because Jesus is loving. And if Jesus is loving and we're abiding, if we're connected to him, we will be loving. Does that make sense? Because Jesus is joyful, that's who he is, we are joyful. Because Jesus is peace. We can be full of peace when we're abiding in the vine. That's how it works. And the list could go on through all nine characteristics. The fruit of the Spirit is so vital to us and for those of us that are walking as believers. And it must be activated and cultivated in our lives. And once it sprouts... And once it begins to grow, church, this is where it gets exciting. We become irresistible. We become more like Jesus. The fruit is the proof that we are a true Christ follower. And the fruit in existence in our lives is the evidence that we are winning as believers. I was reading a uh, book. I've read lots of books around this. But uh, Francis Chan's book, it's his book on the Holy Spirit. And look, there's half the spirit there or half the other wings, of the dove. So, yeah, Pastor Bobby, I'll, I'll pass this on to you. But anyway, in his book, Forgotten God, and yes, the worship team, if you come and join me, uh, we're going to uh, uh, bring this to a close here in a second. Francis Chan talks about uh, in this In the chapter called Supernatural Church, uh, he says this. He says, You might be familiar with the fruit passage in Galatians chapter 5. That's what we're studying today, which says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Against such there is no law. You may have even memorized this list as a child. And I don't know if, uh, if you ever grew up in going to Sunday school, or maybe uh, someone uh, challenged you to memorize this verse. It would be a great one to memorize. But he says, But look over those traits right now and ask yourself if you possess each to a supernatural degree. Now, this is where it gets exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself. Look at the list. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Do you possess each of those to a supernatural degree? And then it gets even a little harder. It says, do you exhibit more kindness and faithfulness than the Mormons that you know? Do you have more self-control than your Muslim friends? More peace than Buddhists? more joy than atheists. He says, if God truly lives in you, this is Francis Chan writing, shouldn't you expect to be different from everyone else? He says, what disturbs me most is when we're not really bothered that God living in us has not made much of a noticeable And it's quite possible that that steps on your toes this morning. If you're just blending in with the world, if you're just, you know, getting by, it's not okay. Because if you have Christ in you, you should cultivate and see the fruit of that growing. And what does that look like? It looks like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's what it looks like. The fruit of the Spirit is freely seen when we walk by the Spirit. When we choose to walk or to be led by the Spirit, the book ends, verse 16 and verse 25 in Galatians chapter 5. And if we are not exhibiting those things to a high degree, to a supernatural level, there's one last thought around this idea of the fruit of the Spirit and then we're going to worship and kind of spend some time uh, really saying, okay, what does this look like? How many know that fruit, like an apple, is no good if it's left on the tree? If you just leave this apple on the tree, a deer is going to come and get it or it's going to rot there on the tree. Fruit is meant to be eaten and God wants to make us delicious. How many believe that? That God wants our lives to be so flavorful. Fruit is meant to be tasted, fruit grows as we sink our roots in Jesus as we abide in Him. And this morning, as we think about the fruit of the Spirit being planted in us if you know Jesus. Why does it all matter? It matters so others would see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven and then ultimately come to know Jesus. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. This morning we want to present a free gift to you, the free gift of salvation. If you don't have Jesus inside of you, you cannot bear these fruits, this this fruit to a supernatural level. My my notes here, I said, get Jesus inside of you. And that's whether you're here in uh, the sound of my voice here or if you're watching online. If you do not know Jesus as your personal Savior, get Jesus inside of you. The way you do that is simply ask him to come and to live inside of you. It's not. There's nothing more magical than that. All you have to do is call on the name of Jesus. And the Bible says you will be saved. If you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you, that he rose from the grave, if you put your trust in him, do you have to understand it all? No. In fact, I'm still growing in my knowledge of who Jesus is and what that means. And I've been ever since November 12th, 1985. I remember it. So this morning, with your head bowed and eyes closed, if you're here and you're saying, Pastor, I need salvation. I need Jesus inside of me. If you're online... You're saying, Yes, that's me. I want you just to type that in the chat. I need Jesus. If you do that, uh, we will follow up with you and uh, we have resources for you that we will send your way. But for those that are here in the room, would you just slip up your hand? I want to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. But first, service who here is saying, Yes, Pastor, I need Jesus inside of me? I need that spiritual. Anyone at all, just lift up your hand. I want to pray with you. All right. I don't see any hands here in person. If there's anyone online again, uh, you can just call in the name of Jesus and uh, you will be saved. Type it in the chat. We will follow up with you 100% of the time. If I could get your eyes back on me as we bring this to a close, bring the series of the Holy Spirit to a close, and we bring this message to a close. I want you to know that it all why it all matters is for souls. This Holy Spirit series, it's developmental in our lives. The fruit of the Spirit, it's growing, it's being cultivated. It all is related to abiding with Jesus. And then as we abide with Jesus, we will bear much fruit. This morning, we want to end with a song that will help us in this season. We've just came through a season before Thanksgiving of fasting and praying, praying for souls, praying for a harvest, and uh, and we believe that God is working those things out. We've been praying for a spirit of revival to to rest on us as His people. And this morning, we want to invite you to it. Join us in the fight, to, in the charge, to make Jesus known in this community and to the ends of the earth. I'm going to ask that everyone stand right where you are in this morning. If you are here and you are saying, Pastor, uh, I want the fruit of the Spirit to be evident in my life to a supernatural level like Francis Chan was challenging us. So the fruit of the Spirit, His love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you desire that to a supernatural degree, I want you just to lift your hand right where you are. Yeah. And it's an easy, it's kind of a leading question, but I get it. I want you to raise your hand. Yes, saying, yes, that's me, God. I desire And I want you to imagine that if you receive the gift or that fruit, the fruit of the Spirit to a supernatural level, it will bear fruit in souls. It will spark a revival in your family and in your community where you live, in your neighborhood in your workplace, at your school. And this morning, we're going to close with a song called "We've God of Revival. And for if you've been around, we've sang this many times, but I want to sing this with a new perspective. When we get to the part that says, Awaken your people, I want you to be thinking about these characteristics, the fruit of the Spirit coming alive inside of you to the extent, the supernatural extent, that it will make a difference. And I want us to sing this with gusto, with authority, and let the Spirit of God rest on us. to sing, I'm going to ask that if you raised your hand, I'm going to ask that you just step out from where you are and we're just going to fill this altar and we're going to end our time here at the altar. Lord, I just pray that you just be blessed as we conclude this season or this series and Lord, I, as we consider this, this these fruit, this fruit that is inside of us, it's you, Jesus. You're, the, you're what's inside. Lord, I pray that it would just come alive and you'd awaken us in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen Amen and amen. Let's fill the altar and let's just spend a moment here before we leave today.
0: Yes, Jesus. Yes. Lord. Jesus, we just thank you for the work that you've done in our lives hearts, our lives were like a field filled with weeds, filled with briars, filled with thorns because of the sin, because of the destruction that we put on our lives. But we thank you, Jesus, that our slate is clean, that we are white as snow, that our field has been laid empty. Lord, and now the dirt is exposed. Lord, and I thank you for that powerful image that we are the dirt, Lord. And so plant that seed, the seed of your salvation, Lord, in our lives. And maybe some of us, we have an orchard full of fruit over years of faithfulness, years of obedience, years of loving others, Lord. And there may be others here, Lord, maybe just have a small twig, a small branch. fruit in us still and continue to prune our fields Lord at times when we go astray times when we go our own path Lord Lord and let us be people who seek your heart and not just your hand let us be people who seek to be grown in the fruit of the spirit to be people who are loving and joyful and patient and kind and gentle and good, and people with self-control, Lord. not just people who seek gifts, who seek the miraculous. But Lord, let us remember the miraculous that happens when you change hearts and when you change lives. Lord, and we thank you that your gifts and your fruit are both a reflection of our love to you and our love to those around us. That, Lord, I can't be loving if there's no one around me to love, that I can't be joyful in the midst of hardship if there's no one around to see that joy, that I can't be patient if there aren't hurting and broken people around me, Lord. So let these gifts and let these fruit also be a reminder of our call to love you with all we are and to love our neighbors as ourselves. That we need these fruits, this fruit of the Spirit to better love those around us. Lord, continue to do a work in us so that we can be your hands and feet. To a lost and hurting and broken world. Jesus, we continue to surrender our hearts to you. Come awaken us. Come fill us with your spirit. And continue to grow what's already been grown in us. Lord Jesus, we give you the praise, we give you all the glory and all the honor today. It's in your name we pray thank you so much for joining us for service. You can go in the grace of God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from The Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.